You are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. to the Kathy Hood Show. Thank you for joining me for another Power Pack show where we can encourage, where we do encourage, empower, and equip you to prosper. It's time to discover your God-given purpose and advance your life by unleashing the power from within to impact the world. Your gifts are not in front of you. They're trapped on the inside of you. But have no fear. I'm here to help you realize your true potential and set it free. Get ready for your dose of discovery, divine intervention, and impartation. Are you ready? Let's go. Today's episode is sponsored by Atlanta Fibroid Center, the most experienced, board-certified, worldwide leader in fibroid care, state-of-the-art equipment, and all the fixings. Guys, it's amazing. To learn more about them, you can visit their website at www.atlii.com. All right, guys, I am so super excited about today's live show. Can you believe it? This is the beginning of the new year, my second show, actually, for season two. And um, I'm doing my first live show. I'm so, I'm so excited. I, I, I don't know if y'all can tell it, but I am. <laughs> Our topic of discussion again today is the fibroid effects, part two. You know what? I did not. I'm like, I'm still in awe of my conversation with my special guest today. Well, I just did not realize how many women were suffering and suffering in some, suffering in silence. So, guys, let me just give you this little information tidbit real quick. So um, that, you know, just in case, I know I'm going to remember to tell you again, but please feel free to send questions or comments about our subject today to info at Up To Me Radio for an on-air response or for us to follow up with you with any questions. So, look, it is my pleasure, guys, to introduce today's guest again, the award-winning Dr. John Lipman. Dr. Lipman is, a, is board certified in radiology as well as vascular and interventional radiology, the world's leading expert in the non-surgical treatment of uterine fibroids. You know, he's earned degrees at Georgetown, Harvard, and Yale, just, and just to name a few amazing accomplishments, he was named top docs in Atlanta 2019 Torch Award and 2017 Best fibroid doctor. And these are just only a few guys. So welcome back to the show, Dr. Lipman. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me back. Oh, oh, you know, you remember I told you, um, I, I said I had never had anybody to really like stomp me on my own show to the point where I was almost speechless. You did that. <laughs> <laughs> just with all this awesome information. 
you know. So well, thank you. I'm just excited. Mm-hmm. I'm just excited that we were able to, you were able to carve some more time out with me and for our listeners. Because um, when I tell you I was taken aback by the information you shared on our last call, I really was. So look, my producer, Melinda Davis, we both agreed wholeheartedly that we needed to do an encore show with you. So um, I love when she gets to hear the, hear the shows for the first time as she's editing and she gives great feedback. She was so excited. So this is a pretty hot topic, Dr. Lippman. So let's just, just kind of give a recap of our conversation because we already have our first caller waiting. Oh, good. So, yes. Well, so just give us a fibroids. brief summary. Yeah, fibroids are the most common pelvic tumor that's seen in women, um, and it disproportionately affects African-American women. Up to 80% of African-American women have these benign tumors, and unfortunately, many women suffer with this condition, as you mentioned, in silence because when they have symptoms from fibroids and they go to their doctor, who's typically a gynecologist, Oftentimes, they don't hear about all the options. They just hear about the surgical ones. And women, frankly, don't want surgery, particularly hysterectomy. And unfortunately, hysterectomy is the most common reason why, or fibroids are the most common reason why we do hysterectomy in this country. And the average age is less than 40. And I've seen way too many women less than 30 years of age who have already had hysterectomy for fibroids. They never would have agreed to it. Every single woman that I've encountered like that regrets the decision in retrospect, but unfortunately they were given only one option. And when you're suffering so badly, like a number of these women are suffering, eventually it wears you down physically and mentally and you decide, okay, well, if this is my only option, I, I want to get my life back. Uh, they succumb to hysterectomy. And the most important thing I'm going to say tonight is that get that second opinion, find someone that's, expert in uterine fibroid embolization, UFE. It's a completely non-surgical outpatient procedure that we do every day at the Atlanta Fibroid Center. It, you know, delivers on what I call the triple crown. It it has a high success rate. So over 90% of women that undergo UFE get the relief of symptoms. That's important. They avoid the risks and long recovery of surgery. That's important. And most importantly, and oftentimes underappreciated, they get to keep their uterus and not lose it. Because even in women who are complete, you know, family complete, keeping your uterus is really important. They'll tell you, well, you're done having your kids, just throw it away. But the the uterus is not the appendix. It has a lot of important other functions. Wow. Now, the one thing I said, and I keep telling everybody, ever since I've been talking about this unconscious, encore show is I feel like everybody should hear this information, whether they're suffering with fibroids or not, and they should share this information with their daughters, correct? Absolutely, because, you know, say 80% of African-American women have these fibroids. Now, they're not all symptomatic, but if you're not suffering with fibroids, you know somebody that is, and unfortunately, as I say, all too often, you know, women don't talk to each other about this. This subject, you know, the it causes a lot, the fibroids cause a lot of heavy bleeding and that bleeding can be very significant and severe and embarrassing. And uh, it can be difficult to talk about with people. And, you know, I see patients every day that they, they didn't know family members, you know, their mom may have been struggling with fibroids and they never knew about it. 
or their sister or what have you, because we don't have these important discussions. It's really important for women, and it's even important for men. We love when we give a lot of talks mm-hmm. out in the community for men to understand, because men don't understand about women's periods. They, and, and this is really important, because believe me, if it affects you know, your woman, it affects you, and you better know about it. Wow. And you know what? I just said um, that this is what, I mean, the men should be paying attention to this call as well um, and because they need to understand what, they, what you know, what their, what their wives are, and their daughters may be suffering with. So we yeah, already absolutely. have our first call. Mm-hmm. So we have our first caller. So uh, caller number yeah our first caller of the night with your last four digits of 1185 you are now live with uh with us with an actual question to Dr. Lipman good evening can you hear me yep, yep we can hello this is uh Dr. Lipman my name is Karen Phillips and um you just hit on some key points when you were speaking because i um, am an african american Woman, and I grew up seeing my mother struggle with the um, detriment of having fibroids. I mean, it was times when my mother constantly bled for 20 to 25 days out of a month. It totally yep. controlled her life. And yep. 30 years ago, the answer to that was get a, get a hysterectomy. Um, it's the only way that it's going to cure it and things of that nature. So my, one of my questions is um, – I, I have noticed that it tends to skip generations because, like, my mother had it, my sister had it, it skipped me, but I'm closely monitoring my daughter. Has science mm-hmm. come up with some kind of rationale as to why it affects the African-American woman so poignantly? Oh, yeah. It, well, unfortunately, we don't know where fibroids come from. Nobody does. But once they arrive, they grow with estrogen. Uh, that's why they mm-hmm. can grow rapidly when a woman is pregnant and why they tend, for the most part, not to be an issue for women once they are in menopause. But, um, you know, until we know exactly what causes fibroids, there's going to be some unknown here still. Um, but there are a couple of things that we do to try to, you know, mitigate um, the estrogen effects. So um, one of the things is um, – exercising regularly and losing excess body fat. Everybody has an ideal body fat for their frame. And in general, African-American women have more body fat than other racial groups. If you look at um, body fat distribution and you look at incidence of fibroids, they're pretty similar graphs. I mean, African-Americans are number one and at the top, and Asian women are at the bottom, lowest in both incidence of fibroids and body fat. So one of the things we, we, we do is we try to get patients, you know, to exercise regularly, try to lose that excess body fat. That's going to be really helpful. Um, you can, there are certain hormone rich foods that we tell patients to try to avoid and do workarounds like red meat, non-organic chicken and dairy. Um, there are certain um, vegetables, colored fruits and vegetables that have, flavonoids in them that block an important enzyme in estrogen production. So eating more fruits and vegetables, colored vegetables are important. Um, And then vitamin D is really important. Um, Again, vitamin D is 
a very powerful fibroid growth, you know, in, retardant. Um, and only 10% of African-Americans, both men and women, have adequate vitamin D levels. It has to do with how we get vitamin D and absorb it. And the darker your skin, the harder it is to get adequate vitamin D. And that's something that's easily checked, you know, a blood test to know if you have an adequate vitamin D and it's easy to supplement. Um, and it's really your best kind of fibroid growth retardant. Um, and one other factor that with African-American women, at least in the past, maybe not so much more recently, is the use of hair relaxers. If you look at the main ingredient in hair relaxers, it has the main ingredient has a chemical composition that's almost identical to estrogen, and you're kind of burning it. The scalp is very vascular, and it goes right into the bloodstream, if you will. Wow. Oh, wow. 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 That is, um, well, you definitely answered my, my, my additional question was, was about the dietary aspects. Was, is there a specific diet that we can follow to lower the risk of, of, of having, um, of, you know, contracting the uh, fibroids or maybe containing them? And you definitely um, answered, um, answered that because, again, like I said, just watching my mother and um, also yeah. being of Caribbean descent, um, we were raised to do a lot of more fruits and vegetables, but I think at the time, and I've kind of noticed too, we, it, 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 was, it was ignored for such a long period of time until it got really bad. And right. at that particular time, we weren't able to catch it and um, deal with it. And so um, at that time, like I said, she, has to, she had to get a hysterectomy. And unfortunately, a few years ago, um, I, we lost my mother to ovarian cancer, and that was one of the key things yeah, when we found yeah. out about partial mm. hysterectomy and complete hysterectomy. So, and the doctor at that time was saying he was still trying to save some of her um, reproductive system. So, yeah, well, right. uh, you know, unfortunately, um, there, are, there is this outstanding treatment option called UFE, uterine fibroid embolization, that if you were to ever suffer with it or anyone else that's listening, they don't have to undergo hysterectomy. And that's one of the key points that we're going to talk about a lot during, you know, tonight's episode. Um, I'll also mention that there is a genetic component. It tends to, fibroids tend to run stronger in African-American families. We don't understand why that is, but it just is. And because I'll see in my practice, a lot of African-American women who have very low body fat are in great shape. Uh, but they have very big fibroids, and they're doing all the right things themselves. Uh, but genetically, you know, you, you can't pick your parents, at least not yet. Um, and so there's this genetic aspect that you just can't do anything about. But you, got, you just do the best you can do. And if it gets to a point where it really needs to be fixed, that's where the UFE procedure really um, is transformational for these women. It's, it's an incredible procedure that everybody really needs to know about. Right, awesome. Thank you yeah. so much, caller one. We appreciate you. you. So, wow, that is so interesting. This is this is great stuff. So, caller number two, um, last four digits seven one five eight. You're on the air now with Dr. Lipman. Well, hello, hello to the panel and Dr. Lipman. I am Nico Bourgeois, and thank you so much for sharing this information. I am 44 years old. Um, my mother is still living with us, but she is a breast cancer survivor of 10 years. However, during her late 30s to 40s, 
she also experienced lots of constant bleeding to the point where she was hemorrhaging and had to go to the doctor for an emergency surgery or procedure where they told her she would get four pints of blood. They ended up giving her three pints of blood from uh, a blood transfusion and from the blood bank. And when she was admitted, her platelet count was like negative five. Um, So watching her go through that, not really understanding what it was, I, in return, then developed constant fibroids because I had cysts when I was pregnant with my children. And then I just made a decision after researching and reading and researching, I changed my lifestyle and went totally vegan. And I started Mm -hmm. to then notice the difference between my bleeding, my cycles, my mood swings, and then I said, oh, I'll never go back to meat, but I'm without the meat, the dairy. I, too, was taking D3 um, in addition to, like, selenium and things like that. So I didn't know what it was. I just kind of did it through trial and error and journaling and listening to my mom's story and watching her go through it um, but not understanding. So, you know, sincerely thank you so, so, so much. Um, and she's here with me listening, and mouth is wide open because she, too, had perms all her life, and yep. I, too, until I went natural about nine years ago. Wow. Well, awesome sauce. Thank you so much, Carla, too, for sharing uh, your information yeah, it, with us. Thanks you. for sharing that. It's it's um, one of the many, you know, benefits of the UFE procedure. Not only does it treat the symptoms of this very effectively. So women who having these horrific crime scene like periods and gushing and flooding mm-hmm. and clots and it's scary. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're literally hemorrhaging and um, are transformed yeah. into women that have normal light periods. They can't believe it. It's completely transformational because it not only is it, you know, gives them the iron and hemoglobin they they get their mm-hmm. life back, I mean, and mentally, so they're not worried about every little thing where every bathroom is and all this gear that they have to carry around or change of clothes. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, it, in, it just, everything revolves around that, you know, period each month. And it's just um, wearing, not only physically, as I mentioned, but mentally. But with the UFE, the procedure, unlike surgery, I've never had to transfuse anyone. We've done patients, normal Mm. hemoglobins run about 11.7 to 12. And once you get below 10 and certainly below eight, they won't operate on you. And they give you like the caller whose mom went through this, you know, they would give, give her blood to kind of boost her up to a level where they felt they could safely operate on her. But if she would have, you know, if I had seen a patient like that, we, we wouldn't have to transfuse her at all. We could just go right to the UFE and, and avoid the, you know, risks of a transfusion. Um, and there are patients that won't accept blood products like Jehovah's Witnesses. We've done a number of them. And I've done patients wow. with hemoglobins less than three. Um, we were surprised they were able to stand. But um, there's no lower limit for doing the procedure. So you don't have to worry about getting any blood. You don't have to worry about how low your hemoglobin or how bad you've been bleeding. UFE can still you know, treat you and treat you effectively. Wow. Awesome. This is, I told you guys, this is some awesome stuff. Thank you. Caller number two. Let let us go to caller number three, eight, one, six, eight. You are live on the air. What question do you have? 
Um, I actually don't have a question. I have a comment. Um, I just recently had a partial hysterectomy, um, removed everything except for my ovaries. And mm-hmm. I went through the surgery because my mother passed away from a cancer called, rare cancer called Leomaya sarcoma. Um, yep. And it started with the fibroids, with the heavy cycles, um, the hemorrhaging, the um, low iron levels, and all of that. And I have always been anemic as long as I can remember. And um, my cycles would just drain me to the point where I didn't want to get out of bed um, for the first three to four days of my cycle. Um, I wouldn't sleep most nights because I was scared I would um, mess up my beds, the the sheets and everything, because that's how heavy my flow was. Um, I could barely bend down sometimes because I would hurt so bad. Um, Even when my cycle was not on, maybe like a couple of weeks before my cycle, bending over would hurt. That's how bad it was. Um, When I got ready to have the surgery, um, I actually had to have an iron infusion because my hemoglobins were so low. My hemoglobins were at a 3.2, so they... um, sent me in to have an iron infusion first. So I went through the iron infusion, and they had to make sure that my um, hemoglobins were maintaining. And um, it was not a bad experience, but now hearing the information that I heard here, I probably would not have gone that particular route because I haven't had a relaxer in my oldest daughter is 21, so I know about 22 years. Um, I haven't never really just ate bad, but I didn't eat, I know, enough fruit. Um, Vegetables were always in a meal that I had, but I ate red meat. I eat a lot of red meat. So um, I, I guess with this information, this is some great information, and it's information that a lot of African-American women need to hear because our first thing to do is if we don't know the information and if we don't do the research is to go ahead and go through with the hysterectomy because, I mean, you want the pain and the hemorrhaging to stop. Absolutely. I mean, and, you know, I wouldn't beat yourself up over having a hysterectomy given your, you know, your history with your mom. I mean, you know, sarcoma is a very rare cancer. Um, the chance of someone having an unsuspected sarcoma is about anywhere from 1 in 1,500 to 1 in 2,000. So it's really rare. Um, but, you know, um, so, you know, given the history that she had that, does it make it more likely that it could have happened to you? Probably so, even though it's still rare, um, you probably were on the you know, side of you know, caution, and that's, that's fine. I, I, think, I don't think I wouldn't you know, be worried about that. But for, for a lot of people who obviously don't have that history, where you had a history of uterine cancer in the family, um, you know, I wouldn't worry about 
you know, the UFE procedure and getting something that's non-surgical because, as I say, right. otherwise we'd have to do hysterectomies in everybody. But if someone has a family history of, you know, sarcoma, which is such a rare cancerous tumor, then I think, okay, well, maybe, you know, the, the better way to go is to, is to get a hysterectomy in that, in that circumstance. So I, w- I, wouldn't have, I wouldn't worry about that choice. Yes, I, I just, in that particular instance, I was just like, you know, I don't want to even have to go through that or to put my kids through the sure. same thing that we had to endure with my mother. So it was more of a, like you said, a cautionary action more so than um, because I had all the symptoms. I had every symptom that she had. Yep. yep. Well, wow. that's to say that's, that's what fibroids do. They, they're hard and firm. They're like rocks. And depending on where their location is, they'll cause certain symptoms. Those that are near the lining uh, of the uterus cause the heavy flow that you endured. Um, those mm-hmm. that are kind of on the outer part press on things. They might press on the bladder to cause urinary frequency or press on pelvic nerves to cause pain in the pelvis or the back or buttock or even down the leg, sciatica, mm. just like you know, the same kind of pain that people get from, a, you know, a, a lower back issue. So um, it, it really depends on their location, what symptoms they'll cause. But for many wow. women, it's, it's all three, heavy periods, pelvic pain, and the urinary stuff. And I had all that. Yep. Wow. This, this, this thing called uh, fibroids is a pain in the you-know-what. Okay. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Well, but, we, okay, we did a, we, we did a documentary, um, and we were going to name it the F word, but it got overruled, <laughs> but, um, uh, um, it is, it's a, it, it really disrupts a lot of people's lives, but fortunately yes. with UFE, they can get their life back completely without any surgery at all. It's completely say non-surgical. They go home with a, literally go home the same day with a band-aid. That's it. Wow. 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 <laughs> okay. Thank you, caller three. We appreciate it. All right, Dr. Whitman. We have another caller in. Caller number four. Last digits last four digits, eight two nine three. <laughs> You're on live. Hey, good evening, Kathy. This is Robin. Hey, Doctor Lipman. How are you? Hey Robin. Hey, Kat. Um, just want to say thank you so much uh, for this program. Dr. Lippman, you probably don't recognize my voice, but um, I had the great privilege of having you come on um, the Level Up platform with Dr. Uh, Tyrone uh, McCoy, and uh, you guys did a phenomenal job. Had an opportunity to hear you last week on uh, Demystifying oh, wow. Miss of Yeah. So I, I've, I've, been, I've been tracking you. Uh, just want to say oh, thank wow. you That's so nice. much. <laughs> because the information you give is so vital. Um, mm-hmm. Can you speak to, um, I was one, and I think I still have one. I had a fibroid, but I didn't have any of the symptoms. I did not know I had a fibroid until my um, gynecologist sent me for a pelvic exam, and they were asking me, you know, various questions. Uh, and I had no symptoms. The only thing that I yep. really had was heavy, I, which I thought was normal. Um, I had heavy um, cycles, um, but right. I would always use a 
a tampon and an overnight sanitary napkin. Um, I thought that was normal. Well, obviously, as yeah, I tend to educate myself. You, yeah, you bring up mm-hmm. a great point because something, just because you've been doing it a long time doesn't make it normal. Um, so many women, um, you know, they they don't realize what they're doing is not normal. So I'm glad you brought that up because so often I see that when I ask somebody about their periods and they say, well, you know, they're, they're normal. I'm like, okay, you know, give me some specifics. How many days? Um, well, I bleed for like, you know, 10 days. Um, 10, and, 12. Well, any mm-hmm. of them heavy? And, and they're like, oh, no, not really. I go, how often are you changing pads? Well, I'm using a pad and a tampon and I'm changing it every hour to two hours. Well, that, that's way uh-huh. too much, way too long, way too heavy. Um, if you're changing a single pad more frequently than every three hours, that's not normal. If you're seeing clots, you know, particularly clots bigger than a quarter, that's not normal. Mm. If you have to wear more than, you know, you know, if you're doing more than one pad at a time, or if you have accidents in blood, soiling clothes or linens or afraid of the oopsies or the accidents, that's not normal. I mean, even if you've been doing it a long time, it doesn't make it normal. It's just, it, it's been, you know, I have people say, oh, well, I'm a heavy bleeder. My mom's a heavy bleeder. No, you're, that's, that's not normal. Um, there's got to be a reason, and likely it's fibroids. I mean, fibroids are the number one reason why women have these heavy periods, and doctors often won't treat the, these heavy periods if, it, if they're not significantly anemic, and that's wrong too because if it's significantly affecting a woman's quality of life, it's significant, and it should be treated. I mean, there's no reason for women to be just putting up with these horrific periods just because they're not anemic um, and they're not meeting some arbitrary lab value. I mean, it's, if it's significant for the woman, it's significant. Most, most wow. definitely. And that, that was one of the things that I had encountered <clears throat> was I was anemic, but I thought that was, here we go again, normal. Um, right. So as you said in uh, listening to the prior callers, like you said, I began to, uh, you know, change my diet, increase my exercise, um, you know, stop using, you know, relaxers and things like things of that nature, and it did make a significant difference. Well, one of the yep. things I want to ask you, Dr. Lippman, um, is what is your take on, and I don't know if you remember, um, you know, I had part of, uh, still part of Justice for My Jewel campaign. What is your take right. on, and you may not be able to speak to it, but I'm going to ask the question anyway. What is your take on uh, the whole um you know, tampons and uh, sanitary napkins, uh, because we know the information is out there with regards to uh, the various chemicals. Do you uh, feel yeah, in no, special I, I, opinion? Mm-hmm. I do think there, there is definitely something to it. I mean, it is, you know, um, something that can be absorbed, um, just like, as I say, with the hair relaxers. There are chemicals, certainly, and if, if women are using tampons, a lot of my patients can't use tampons. The bleeding is just far too heavy for a tampon. Um, when Ooh. I ask about it, the, a lot of them will just chuckle, like there's no way that they, they can use a tampon. But for those that do, sometimes it's tampon and pad. I, I do think that the natural products uh, are, are, are making a good, you know, a comeback. And 
um, you know, sometimes, you know, we've been presented with kind of lily white is, is, you know, clean and that's projected on a tampon is that's what it's supposed to be. But really the natural fibroids are not, natural fibers are not white and going natural, I think does have a lot of advantages and really trying to avoid these artificially made white things through bleach or other chlorinated things that can get absorbed into the system. So I, I do think that it's a value to try to avoid those kind of products. Oh, well, awesome. definitely appreciate that. Yeah. Thank, thanks so much, Kathy. And hopefully Dr. Lipman, you can join us with Kathy and I, her organization. We're going to collaborate on the whole justice for my jewel campaign just to bring awareness of like the information you're sharing uh, that there is a healthier you know, alternatives because um, yes. what we have is the whole graphene. I don't know if you recall, but that was the whole right. uh, yeah scene, and we're getting amazing feedback and results, uh, and that makes a huge difference when a woman can improve the quality of her life. Yep. No, I agree. Wow. Yeah, thank you so much, Robin. We appreciate you. So, oh, my God, Dr. Lipman. So I just wanted to just jump into conversation, you know, uh, the comment that you made is is just really right on point. It's, it sounds funny, but it's, it's true that you you were like that crime scene type, you know, accident that you're having. I mean, I would hear women, oh my God, just just, I mean, in tears, you know, yeah. or just having to live a life like that now. So when I go now, when I look back over my life, I think about it. So now I'm in the PM, uh, what is it? Um, when, when we don't have a cycle anymore, look, you know, in menopause. menopause. <laughs> I'm like, what is that called yep. now? Yeah, menopause. But now, when I think about it, and now you say that if you would change it too many times, I'm, I'm I've been anemic for quite a while, uh, and I'm not. It's not as bad anymore, um, and just not even realizing that that how that you know, what I was dealing with may not have been a normal either, you know, right. and I didn't have any, exactly. I didn't have any bad cramping, cramping all the time, but some, but the flow was just a, a little heavier than, uh, than now that I know than usual than it should have been. So, oh my God, this is, this is just great stuff. So just again, so if you could tell us, I don't think we have any other callers in right now, but, um, so just who we talked about, you talk, told us a little bit about the, the procedure. Right. And so, yeah, the, yeah. So patients will come into the center. Um, the, the procedure takes me about 30 to 40 minutes. They sleep through it, but they're not put to sleep. The sedation is IV and local. So no general anesthesia, like an operation, which is much mm-hmm. nicer. Um, and how we do that is I steer a little tiny catheter into each uterine artery you know, one at a time, each of the uterine arteries branch like a tree getting smaller and smaller branches to get out to the leaves of the tree. The fibroids are the leaves of the tree. And I know what size those tiny peripheral branches are and I can plug them up. So the big trunk and the main branches of the uterus stay open. So the uterus stays alive, but all the fibroids are dead. Whether you have one or a hundred, it doesn't matter how big, how many, um, they die, and as they die, they will soften and shrink. And as that occurs, a woman's symptoms start to melt and go away, and they're transformed literally 
by the time I see them again three months after the procedure. Um, and we've had a number of women have children after. That's another there's, – there's so many myths about UFE that we'd love to dispel, but one of them is if you're interested in children, you can't have UFE, and that's just silly. We've had numerous ch children after UFE. I've had multiple sets of twin births, and our births are typically full-term and vaginal where – if you have a myomectomy, the surgical counterpart, um, you're going to get a C-section, more surgery. They won't let you have a vaginal birth. So um, UFE is really something that people need to look into and, and really, if they're interested, to, to go to the most experienced place they can find. Oh, my God. This is, like, incredible to me, you know, just hearing about it. So what is, the, like, the largest size of one that you've ever seen? Well, they, they can range in size from being as tiny as a pea to as big as a melon, a cantaloupe. I mean, um, oh my God. we've seen women that look like they're having twins nine months pregnant. I mean, the uterus can get very, very large. But um, hopefully we're treating patients before then. Um, when they get so massive, it gets a little harder to, to get the results that they really want to get. Um, so hopefully you're seeing patients that have significant symptoms, but they're not massively enlarged. That gets, you know, harder to, to get the desired result. But Okay. So I know we have another caller, but I want to ask, I want to say this, and, and because this person cannot call in, <laughs> but I, ever since I heard her story today, I want to know what she can do before she gets older and it becomes a problem later. So she's a young lady, so she says she started off with they, – they don't give her any issues, but she found out that she does have – she did have two. Now she found out she has four um, mm -hmm. fibroids. What should she do? She's already had kids and all of that. So what should she do in this instance? Well, I mean, if she's not having any symptoms. From what I understand, no. If she's not having any symptoms, then it's just really kind of – do, you know, kind of doing the preventative stuff, just making sure that, that she's trying to keep a healthy weight, whatever that weight is for her frame, uh, exercise, eat well, uh, make sure her vitamin D levels are, are normal and adequate. Um, so those are the things that she needs to do. She doesn't need to get the fibroids treated because they're not causing her any problems. And a lot of women will be in that category that have fibroids. They have them their whole life and they don't bother them. We call them passengers. They kind of ride along in the uterus, not bothering the woman. woman doesn't have to bother them. Now, occasionally we will treat asymptomatic fibroids um, if they're causing issues with a woman being able to get pregnant. Now, that is usually done surgically um, and not with UFE, but um, that's the only exception. If, if, if there's a central fibroid that's causing a woman to either be infertile or causing her to miscarry, that's the only type of patient that can be treated, you know, should be treated if they're not having any symptoms. Okay. So we're going to go ahead and bring in caller number five. Uh, 7522 is your last digit. You are live. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, yes. we can. All right, awesome. Hey again, Miss Cassie. Hi, Dr. Lipman. This is my first time listening listening in to you. I believe you were sharing my story, Miss Cassie, and that's okay. <laughs> okay. But um, when you brought I didn't that call up, any names. Excuse me. 
I said I didn't call any names, but yes. Oh yeah, go ahead. That's fine. Yeah, so um, I don't believe when I shared with you in the beginning that there are a lot of symptoms that come with it. I don't think we got to that part. So um, I've oh, okay. been sharing before um, heavy bleeding, blood clots, soaking through tampons. I only wear tampons. Okay. And even right. when it's the surplus, they're still getting soaked through. Like you said, I'm past the childbearing age. I don't want any more children. But I know your recommendation before was based off someone not having symptoms. So if right. you could give a recommendation. Yes, you're having now, symptoms, absolutely. You want to you want to treat the symptoms, and um, you know, for patients that see their gynecologist, for instance, they will often be told to get a hysterectomy um, because they're not interested in fertility. And so they'll say, well, just be done with it. You don't need your uterus anymore. It's worthless after childbearing. So just get a hysterectomy. It's 100%. You'll be done with your fibroid stuff. Um, and while that's true, it is 100% because if you don't have a uterus, obviously you don't have fibroids anymore. But sometimes, you know, the cure is worse than the disease. Um, it, what we don't talk a lot about is what happens to women when they get hysterectomies. As I mentioned earlier, the average age of hysterectomy in this country is less than 40. And that's the average age. I see way too many people in their, you know, 30s and even 20s getting hysterectomies for fibroids. And that, that's just got to stop because I would recommend you see somebody regarding UFE, uterine fibroid embolization. It's the, you know, perfect, um, you know, substitute for, a hysterectomy, as they say, you know, you get the relief of symptoms that is a very high success rate, say over 90%. Um, you get the relief of symptoms that you're looking for. So that's really important. You avoid the risks and long recovery of an operation. And importantly, you get to keep your uterus because I, you know, I understand you're at a certain point in your life, you're not interested in children, but your uterus is really important to you. It's important for you psychologically it, you know, it's the epicenter of your womanness. It's important for you sexually. There is a lot of sexual dysfunction after hysterectomy that people also don't like talking about. It's embarrassing. There's a lot of bone yeah. loss after hysterectomy. And now there's pretty good evidence to suggest there's cardiovascular effects. And the earlier you get the hysterectomy, the worse that is. So the bottom line is it's just unnecessary. For benign fibroids, hysterectomy is completely and totally unnecessary. Um, I would recommend you talk to somebody about UFE. It, it's, it's one of the biggest medical breakthroughs for women, but unfortunately, even though we've been doing it for 25 years now, most women still aren't aware of it. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Thank you. I have one more uh, question before I go. I'm a mother of boys, so this is not necessarily an issue for them, but I do have a niece, and because there are other women in my family that also have fibroids, what should my sister be doing with my niece, even though she's very, very young, but once it's time for her to go see that gynecologist, what should we be looking for? What should we be asking? Is there anything preventative? Well, I just think you you should just have the conversations, you know, when she's of age and old enough. Um, you just t- you talk to um, her about fibroids, how prevalent they are, and kind of the things to look for symptom-wise, and then, you know, really emphasize the preventative stuff, um, you know, trying to, you know, keep off any excess body fat, you know, eat well, um, you know, 
really try to, you know, healthy eating, healthy lifestyle, adequate vitamin D levels, you know, the, all of the things that, you know, on the preventative side, because, you know, that, that's really what you want to try to emphasize. And if, if she ends up suffering with fibroids, okay, well, um, hopefully we'll be doing something even less invasive than UFE someday. But um, it's having those conversations and, and, and talking about the things that people can do on the front end and not waiting until the car breaks and then come to me as the mechanic. Kind of do all the preventative stuff, you know, up front. Okay. Awesome. Thank, well, thank you, you so, so much. much. Thank you for your time. Thank oh, you sure. We, we appreciate you. Guys, at this minute, give me just a moment, and uh, we're going to take us a quick break so we can take a swig of water or some sort, something, because Dr. Lippman has been talking ever since we've been on this call, so this has been amazing. So give us about 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. A social distancing tip. Putting distance between yourself and others is critical to slowing the spread of coronavirus. So here are ways to stay in contact without the physical contact part. Call, send a text, set up a video conference, post on social media, dedicate a song on the radio. If you have symptoms of fever, dry cough, and shortness of breath, call your health care provider before going to their office. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part, because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. All right, guys, and we are back. Thank you so much, Dr. Lippman. So this has been awesome. Um, I just thank all the callers that did call in tonight and have this and join in on this wonderful conversation. It, it's when I say wonderful only because it is life changing. It definitely can cause us to make some better decisions. Didn't realize, you know, I've heard it when you talk about relaxers and different things like that, but I didn't really know that it really did ha- could have such an awful effect. Even though I uh, <laughs> I chose natural for color, and I don't know, look, if that we that might be another conversation. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> relax or color instead of relax relaxers. So, but anyways, just think about that, Dr. Dr. Lipman. So next time we bring you back okay. on, we can talk about it. <laughs> so let's hmm. just do a quick little summary, Dr. Lipman. Just tell everybody, you know, exactly how we can contact you for more information and all that good stuff. Well, a number of ways. Um, my website is atlii.com, atlii.com. That's the easiest way. Um, we'd love to have followers on Instagram. Um, that's dr underscore my last name. So it's dr underscore L-I-P-M-A-N. And there's a lot of really good information people like uh, on our Instagram page in addition to the website. We have a Facebook page. We have a YouTube channel if people want to watch. There's over 150 videos on our YouTube channel. That's Atlanta awesome. Fibroid Center. Atlanta Fibroid Center on YouTube. And then if they want to watch our documentary, uh, it was, it's uh, fibroidfilm.com, fibroidfilm.com. That's, um, they can find that on the website if for some reason the, the link is still not up. I haven't checked it recently, but um, that's a, a documentary we did following women suffering with fibroids. And, um, but those are the, if they want to, if they want to call the office directly, I suppose they could do that. That's uh, 770-953-2600, 770-953-2600. 
Oh, awesome. Look, and also, uh, if anybody didn't get their questions answered, you guys can email us at info dot up to me no info at up to me radio dot com and we will definitely get the questions to Dr. Lipman and follow back up with you. And that is info at up the number two me M E radio dot com. So I mean, you know, the one thing I have a lot of great takeaways and so um I just wanted to redo, like I said, have an encore of this conversation, and I wanted everybody to hear it. You know, I mean, because I couldn't share it definitely as great as you could, you you could as as you did. Um, I'm looking forward to us doing this even more because I told you ever since I heard all of that, that just makes me want to, you know, get the word out there even more to women who are just, you know, I've just seen them suffer. And it, and always thought that hysterectomy was the way, you know, and because right. we didn't we didn't know that UFE existed, and um, because nobody talks talked to us about it, and uh, well, so I'm, I'm hoping that's going to change uh, tomorrow. Uh, you know, with the inauguration and a new administration, I'm I'm hopeful because uh, our new vice president last August introduced uh, legislation called the Uterine Fibroid Research and Education Act. And uh, her uh, cohort in the House of Representatives, Yvette Clark, co-sponsored it in the House. So hopefully um, it's going to provide some really important funding, uh, it, you know, not only for research to find out where fibroids come from, because we really need to know that, but also, you know, to, to spread the word about, you know, educational efforts to not only to the public, but also to healthcare providers so they know about UFE and they can tell their patients about UFE and we don't have to have all these unnecessary hysterectomies and I don't have to see or hear about women getting hysterectomies unnecessarily, particularly young women. It's it's really tragic. It really is. It really is. And so because some, so many of them want, want to become mothers and just because of um, ignorance, they can't, right. you know, or they yep. don't become mothers. Um, but well, be got, your own I'm health definitely... advocate. That's really important. Like, if you're not getting the yes. answers that you're looking for, you know, move on. Don't, you know, don't just accept it. Um, you got to really, you know, take charge of your own health, whether it's fibroids or any other medical condition for that matter. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we definitely going to take a look at the documentary and uh, your YouTube channel to check out some of the, um, you know, some of your videos that you have there. And uh, we will definitely be sharing, you know, all of that information, Dr. Lipman. So Great. Um, this has been amazing. So ladies, you know, the one thing I say, even if you are past, past um, child uh, bearing age, look, become comfortable, <laughs> you know, take a look, look into this, you know, get some things so you can live a great, great life, you know, especially when you become an empty nester, you don't want to be still be dealing with these types of issues unnecessarily. So, um, but we're going to continue to do our part, Dr. Lippman, especially like, like I said, continue to talk with you and partnering with people like Robin, who was on the call. And so if you could just give us one last takeaway statement, based on our topic tonight. Uh, sure. To, to, well, I mean, if you're, yes. if you're a woman that is suffering with fibroids herself or knows somebody that's suffering with fibroids, um, 
it's really important to know about this UFE procedure. It's, it's completely outpatient. It's non-surgical. Patients go home the same day with a Band-Aid. There's a brief recovery of, you know, four or five days, um, and you get your life back. It's truly transformational. Um, it's one of the biggest breakthroughs for women, particularly women of color who disproportionately suffer with these benign tumors. And it's, it's just not necessary to suffer in silence. And there are over a million women in the United States currently that are on the sidelines. They, they don't know about UFE and they've only been told about hysterectomy and they don't want it. And I don't blame them, but um, I hope we can reach these women because we can transform their lives completely without any surgery whatsoever. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much again. So thank you so much, everybody, for listening in tonight. If you are enjoying the conversation, please subscribe to uh, to my show page. You can go to um, uptomeradio.com and choose my show. You know, just go to um, the shows listed, and you'll find me there so you can receive giveaways and find out about other promotions and announcements that we have going on. So while this has truly been another amazing conversation, gaining more insight for women who have been suffering in silence, guys, or not even in silence, if you've been suffering, period, here's the solution. Uh, So please follow up with Dr. Lipman. Uh, I heard about him before I even understood what – UFE was and so I just knew uh, by then of course I knew about fibroids but I love providing solutions and so Dr. Lipman is definitely that so please remember to subscribe to the show to receive uh, announcements and the you know uh, information about show, upcoming shows all podcasts can be heard at uptomeradio.com Apple Podcasts and other free podcast apps like us on Facebook at Up To Me Radio, on Instagram and Twitter at Up To Me Radio. You can also follow me at KathyHoodEmpowers.com. That is my website. But also that you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Kathy Hood Empowers. All right. So, guys, be on the lookout for information on uh, upcoming shows, but also just know that we have State of the Woman, the State of the Woman Address. Dr. Lippman, that's when I met your lovely wife. Uh, so it is time <laughs> for it again this year, January the 28th and 29th. It's a two-day virtual um, conference. We are super excited about the new platform that we're going to be using. We're going to have an expo where there will be digital booths, so you'll be able to see people live. You'll be able to catch the information through video. You'll be able to network with other people that you see in the chat. You can do. Um, we're gonna be. Able, you will be able to have um, some live private chats. You know, if you want to. But also, we will have networking um, sessions going on that you'll just be able to travel throughout these different rooms as if you are in. Um, a location, but all virtually. It's going to be amazing. So we're blasting off in 2021. So uh, just hold on to your seatbelts. And guys, just join us January 28th and 29th. You can find um, more information at stateofthewoman.live. All right. So thank you for tuning in to the Kathy Hood Show. We certainly appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed the information and insights that you received, which is designed to help you unleash your power and give you authority to impact your and other people's lives. So until next time, everybody, you guys keep shining. Mm-hmm.